Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. We all know the shortest verse in the Bible, right? Jesus wept. Well, we're, we'll share a story about that verse today. And then, I think back to a softball game many years ago and talk about how it instructs us in our running and our faith. And joining me again today to discuss those stories and the Run for God Marathon Weekend is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. It's a fun weekend. Wasn't it? Yeah. I just... Yeah, I, I, it was just magical. I, mean, I told somebody yesterday, it's, it's a reminder of why we do what we do. Yes. When we go when we have these weekends like that and the the weekend in april um man it's just we we realize how much bigger than us it is yeah uh, how much bigger it is than any individual out there uh yeah. but collectively um this ministry is doing big things uh, yeah. because of the people in it and that's cool to to have a prayed this morning just a little while ago for god you know thanking god for allowing us me and you to have a front row seat to all this Amen. and it's uh, really cool for sure and we're going to share some stories that come directly out of this weekend and um but um we'll we'll get to those and we're gonna sprinkle them along the yeah so let's talk there. about this week's sponsor for just a minute mm-hmm. one of our good friends jamie down at ken's car store ken's car store is a feature state-of-the-art unibody and frame repair equipment they use that equipment experience painting towing assistance vehicle pickup and delivery in a nationwide warranty in a clean inviting environment they've repaired more than four million vehicles since 1989 that's why more people choose carstar auto body repair experts for their vehicle repair needs than any other body shop give ken's carstar uh, a call for a free estimate today um and yeah, they're just great guys down there. I'm sure you're going you're going to be talking to Ken here before long. We got races coming up, need awards painted, and that's right. They always do a killer job on those. They so do. Um, to give them a call if you if you need them. Yeah, and there's car star locations all throughout the United States. There is too. So um, you may have one close to you if you're if you're not local to us. Well, how about a Facebook post from last week? Um, Lots and lots and lots of really good posts from this week. But I really, this one, gosh, this one just hit me in the heart. Amy Lonsrick, I don't know if that's I said her last name right or not, but this is, this is what it says. I finished. That's what counts. I had been training for the full marathon, but surgery for a torn bicep cut eight weeks from my training. Then I started having issues with my left foot and suspected a stress fracture. And my right hip and sciatic nerve were giving me grief on longer distances, so I decided to drop to the half. I wasn't sure I'd even be able to do that as I was in so much pain on anything over six miles. I did a lot better than I expected. My foot and hip and sciatic held out a lot longer than I thought it would. What I wasn't prepared for was the heat and humidity it hit me like a freight train the weather was fantastic until i was out on the full sun with no shade and no breeze i was doing great up till then and about mile 11 my times took a nosedive 
I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to finish. I was dehydrated, overheated, and nauseous. And then, like a guardian angel, my sister appeared on the side of the course with water and encouragement. I found a little bit more in the tank and finished. It was awesome seeing all the Run for God cheerleaders along the route and the participants in the race cheering each other as on as we passed. I'm still a little emotional thinking about it. Mm. And in my in my opinion, this is what this is what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, it's just the whole, so many things got in her way. The torn bicep, that would have been enough to knock a lot of people out. They would have just quit at that point. So many people have had way less than that and have stopped. She kept going. She thought she had a stress fracture. She didn't fret about it. She just obviously went to a doctor and found out it wasn't a stress fracture and kept going. But if she thought it was, Mm -hmm. it means it it hurt. It was hurting. hip and sciatic pain kept moving you know once once she got through all that she gets to race day and the heat and humidity and it it, it, it was, was yeah. it was warm and uh it certainly had an effect and uh she just she just kept she just kept go, getting to the next step i wonder what the humidity was down there it was it had to be abnormally high i don't know if you noticed you know you and i stayed in a condo um well the very next morning after the race we woke up everything was soaking wet and it really wasn't raining it was just there was so much humidity in the air and i think i think i even heard you mention it out there on the run i heard several people mention that it was just like thick yeah out there on the run that makes a huge difference especially for the people coming in from up north yeah uh, that that don't know how to deal with that on a on a regular you know humidity much less when it was almost 100 percent like it was yep yep course she finishes this thing up by saying i'm still a little emotional and and you have to ask well well why was she so emotional Mm -hmm. well here's why because she had all these obstacles in her way and she overcame one after another and every time she overcame another obstacle it made the potential emotion that much higher because that's that's what it's about it's about overcoming those things um and it's just it, it was it was great to see, and there's yeah. so many posts this weekend yeah. again for for people who. Yeah, if through. you're not on the Run Club group or on the social page, get on there. Yeah, if you want to be inspired and motivated, if you, maybe you're just starting your couch to marathon journey, get on there and read those. Yeah, and and if you are just starting this journey, because we have a, a number of folks who are just starting mm-hmm. the couch to marathon journey, remember this story. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you're gonna if you're gonna train all year for a marathon, there are going to be obstacles. Sure. It's not a matter of of if there are going to be obstacles. It's how many and how hard are they going to be to get over. Be ready for them. Yeah. Steal yourself now and fight hard when they come. And you learn something from each one. Absolutely, that is for sure. So, well done, Amy. Really proud of you trivia question from last week was was this there's a type of workout with a funny name it's a it is a workout with varied speeds as you run it's a swedish word that means speed play what is the name of this workout i realized when i was looking this up i think we've asked this question before or something similar to it probably yeah and the answer is fartlek it it is it's a it's really a funny i mean it makes every high school cross-country team giggle when you uh, when you say <laughs> that is true <laughs> so again it's a swedish word for speed play um and this is what it says 
this is some stuff out of uh, Wikipedia. It says, otherwise known as the Swedish, Swedish natural method, or simply the Swedish method. Uh, developed in the late 1930s by Swedish Olympian Gosta Homer. Here's an example of a fartlek workout from that day. Warm up with easy running for five to ten minute, minutes. Steady hard speed for one and a half to two and a half kilometers, like a long repetition. Recovery, uh, rapid walking for about five minutes. Start start of speed work, which is easy running interspersed with sprints of about fifty to sixty meters, repeated. Uh, until a little tired easy running with three or four quick steps now and then simulating suddenly speeding up to avoid being overtaken by another runner and then full speed uphill for 175 to 200 meters um, and then fast pace for one minute and then that whole thing repeats itself and Mm -hmm. that so that's that's an example of a fartlek now fartlek can be really structured uh, I, I actually tend to not like the ones that are more structured because i feel like it's 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 an interval workout it's a workout man. then yeah. yeah um so the true fartlek run and the way it was designed was to be you know i'm good this is my what i'm going to try to accomplish today i want to run these particular speeds and i want to do it about this amount of time total and then you just throw it in there wherever you want to um, but the idea is to kind of simulate race scenarios yeah. where your heart rate is going up and down and up and down. Because if you just train at one continuous pace and then you get into a race, all the variables of a race day, people mm-hmm. trying to, you know, everybody's got a little bit of a competitive bone in them and you speed up naturally. Whether you know you're speeding up or not, you yeah. do. And so if the first time you experience that is on race day, it's not going to be good. Yeah. So it's a good idea to, to practice this. And, and there's a few different versions. Uh, there's one called a Mona Fartlek, which is named after Steve, Steve Monaghetti from Australia. Um, and it's kind of a cut down thing. It's where you, you run hard for 90 seconds and maybe you do that three or four times and then you run hard for 60 seconds. You do that three or four times and 30 seconds and then mm-hmm. 15 seconds. Um, that's a really popular one that uh, a lot of people do. Again, that's to me, that's more of an interval session. But um, it certainly is in the in the fartlek ballpark. Um, there's one called three speeds version where you basically you choose three different speeds. I want to do some all out sprinting. I want to do some at um, at, at uh, tempo pace, and I want to do some at easy pace. Mm-hmm. And you you shift those gears and go into those three different. Um, there's the mailbox version. This is my favorite. This is true fartlek. I think is you mm-hmm. just pick out a mailbox. And you say, I'm going to go for two mailboxes in a neighborhood, you know, yeah. and um, that's a good example or a, a, or a light post or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or you can use things like t- something time based like music. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have your music playing in your ear and then every time a song changes, you can change a gear sure. and go to a different speed. Um, lots and lots of ways to do it. Fartlek can be fun because it is a little less structured, kind of do what you want to and I I don't do a whole lot of them, but every once in a while, I really enjoy doing mm-hmm. those. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the fartlek. So we are we got this new Couch to Marathon group we talked about just a minute ago that is starting on their journey toward this finish line that we just had with with the other group. Um, how are they doing? They're doing good. It's uh, we're several weeks into it now. Obviously, we're changing race venues this upcoming year. We're going to be graduating at the Mississippi River Marathon, which is going to be a 
cool change of scenery, probably a a cool change of weather as well. Uh, Mississippi and and in late January, early February is going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, it's just and, and the, it was neat to see so many people down there this weekend who probably didn't plug in to the Couch to Marathon from the beginning. Mm-hmm. They were experienced runners, and they they did what we suggest, and they let the plan catch up to where they were, and then they carried it on through to the finish line. That was really cool to see. So I think we'll have more of that as as Run Club begins to grow, and we start having people graduate into that seasoned runner status, which is is cool to see. Yeah. But we had so many people who had never run before, yeah. And uh, that's exciting to see those people who are just starting the 2023 couch to marathon man they were chiming in right and left i mean we were blowing social media up this weekend with the post and it was really cool to see them get excited we saw several posts saying man i can't believe that's where i'm going to be one year from now and it's true yeah and uh that's that's the magic of this club is we have so many different varieties of experience speed um ages it's just uh Man, it's just a melting pot of runners yep. and walkers, and it's so cool. We had we had quite a few walkers yep. uh, this weekend, and that was cool to see. So, um, yeah, it's again this past weekend just lets me know why we do what we do. You know, we've said it before that uh, when we get to heaven, heaven is going to have a lot of variety in it, mm-hmm. and uh, that's kind of the picture of Run Club. There's so much variety in so many different ways, and that's a picture of heaven. Well, I know we're going to talk about the race more later on, but I said it a few times to different people. This weekend was Hebrews 12.1 lived out. Yeah. I mean, we were all at the finish line. People were going back to running with people. Um, it, <laughs> we were cheering for people we didn't even know. I mean, we were cheering for every runner yeah. that yeah. came through. Yeah. But it was, man, it was just a cool visual, I guess, of Hebrews 12.1. Um, and I can't wait to do it again. Yeah, absolutely. As a mom, I want to make sure we choose a cereal that's not entirely derived from sugar. Their car seats have to be nationally CPS certified, and their first car has to have every possible safety feature known to man. I just want to do my best to make sure that they're safe. One thing I don't have to worry about is the content they hear on J Radio. Not only do they love the music, but I know it's only going to be a positive message that I would approve of. Now, if I could just figure out how to get my youngest from sticking everything up his nose. Sign up at JRadio.com and download the new J Radio app in your app store. All right, we're back. And uh, of course... We just, there are so many great stories that have just had a, an exclamation point put on them, and we need those stories written. I talked with a bunch of people this past weekend about... Don't make us call you by name. That's right. That's right. Because <laughs> we know who you are. That's right. And so we are looking for those stories, so uh, start sending them in, because uh, we want we want to share some Couch to Marathon journey stories um, throughout this Yeah. Uh, this this week, this month, this year. Because you got to understand, just like those people who are looking on this past weekend, who who are starting their journey, your stories are only going to reinforce that. They saw the pictures, they saw it, and and 
and mm-hmm. HD through the pictures. But yeah. now they want to hear the stories behind those pictures. That's right. And it's important. So yeah. do your part. This is this is you giving back into this ministry now by helping those who are coming behind you, which again is so biblical. Yeah. When you say that out loud. So please submit your stories. Yeah, you know what struck me about this? There were so many great stories. You can't pick out one one that's, you know, the one that sticks out because there were so many. But um, what struck me was how fast these hours went by. So, you know, I ran the race myself. So I ran for three hours. I got through and then hung around for another, what, four hours of people just coming in after running a marathon. And normally that would have been just so draining and so hard and, um, well, physically, it might have been a little hard. Mentally. But it's like we were on a high all day. All day long. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It was so much fun. Um, and, and, you know, part the weather was nice for, for spectating. Oh, it wasn't, yeah. It wasn't great yeah. for uh, for running, yeah. but it was really good for spectating. Other than the little bit of sprinkle of rain we, we got in there, but that sprinkle was felt really good to, to some folks that were out on the course at the time. So, um and it was great to me the way it seemed like everybody was spaced fairly evenly. Mm-hmm. Like we never went more than it didn't seem like we ever went more than five or ten minutes before there's another yeah. run club person coming in. And that was so much fun. And I liked it so much better than Disney. You know, this year we I mean, Disney was great. I'm not yeah. not denigrating Disney at all. And they it was do, almost too big. Yeah. And there were people who finished their race, and then you didn't see them again. Sure, right? Because they had that long walkway, and yeah. and I get they 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 have to do that. Right. I get it. But in this race, it was small enough that you know you and I both got to run in with some people, mm-hmm. and several others did the same thing, and uh, it was so much fun yeah. to be able to do that, and um, it, it was great. Yeah, no. and if if you if you if you didn't make it down there or you've been you've been debating on whether to come to Dalton in April. I'm telling you. We we say this is where the magic happens, but it's this is it's not just us saying that. It is so I can't wait for April to get here now. Yeah. When everybody comes yeah. to Dalton and and we do this in a 5k and it's just you can't describe the community that this club is, has yeah. become. You know, I had um, I had dinner on Monday night with George Williams and his wife. Mm-hmm. They were headed back to Pennsylvania, and they stayed where we live in Dalton overnight on Monday night. So we met them for dinner, and and George George was talking about the same thing. You know, people ask questions like, "Are you really?" I mean, the uh, um. The Bleakleys from Ireland, they get the same thing. People say, you're you're going all the way to America to run a 5K? Yeah. And George George said it, as many people have said it, it's not about the running. Yeah. It is – the running is a very small part of what this community has become. It's a family. And George said it. This is my family. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, George is 75 years old now. They live in Pennsylvania, and – they make the trip to wherever we're going anytime they can because this is their extended family now. And that that is just something we didn't see coming when we started down this road of Run Club. And it's to me, it's the greatest part of it now. Yeah, it, it really does have a family reunion feel it to does. it when, we, when yeah. we get together. Yep, it's awesome. You know, the one story that really sticks in my head was Laura Bagby. Um, 
Laura, Laura sends me emails from time to time. She finds some interesting running thing, and she'll send me these articles and things. And so she's, um, but well, as she was coming in during this race, she was at twenty, actually right at the twenty-six mile sign. Mm-hmm. And there was a spot where you made a left-hand turn there, and um, she cut it a little bit too sharp. And when she did, she tripped on a sidewalk, mm-hmm. and she went down hard and fast. I mean. Boom, and she hit her face on the concrete. Um, she was thankful that she didn't break her glasses because she wears glasses, uh, and she didn't. She got back up, and you could see her, her cheek was so red. I mean, it, she nailed it. She got back up, and you know, she just kind of shook her head like she had cobwebs in her head, <laughs> and she said, got to finish, and she just kept going and, and ran to the finish line, and man, that's so awesome. Yeah, to to see people uh, quite literally get knocked down and just get back up and finish. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And there were, gosh, there were so. Uh, another thing that I really loved was how many people there were at the end when that last finisher. You went out yeah. and ran in with the last person. Yeah, and when she finished, there were dozens of people. Yeah. Around the finish line stuff. They're taking the finish line down. Yeah. And there's dozens. But leave of it to the Run for God clan to be there cheering that last runner in. That's and right. that and that, that last runner, I, I won't say her name because I don't know if she wants me bringing her name up, but I, I went back, I don't know, I guess I went back a mile and a half to, to run in with her. We knew it was getting close on the time. And uh, she was hurting. I mean, mm. she, and I could feel her pain because we've both been there. Yeah. You know, and we talk about it all the time. She had been out there for, uh, I think she started with the walkers. With the walkers, yeah. Um, so she'd been out there almost eight hours. Yep. And that is a long It was over eight hours. Time. It was eight hours and ten minutes when she finished. To be out there. Mm-hmm. And, but you could see the battle going on in her head because a few times she was just wanting to stop. And there was a, the, the pacer that was where that was just great. His name was Bubba. I asked him his name and he said, Bubba. <laughs> and uh but he was he was kind of the sweeper and she would stop and, and the pacer knew that you know if if we don't keep going they're they're gonna pick you up and there was a few times i could see her just struggling with the idea of just let me get in the car yeah and and bubba was not having it you know he was not having it. you're gonna great. because we could see the t- left turn to get off the road and then it's all downhill from there and uh she finished and it was so awesome to see she just finished and kind of fell into her husband's arms and for it seemed like 15 minutes they didn't move i mean she was just like in a trance yeah because she had physically emptied herself out there on the course and she was saying on the last half mile or so she was kind of voicing those things that we all voice never again and i was like well let's just give it 48 hours yeah you know somebody posted i think the next day it said it's weird how i always accidentally sign up for another race (laughs) but uh yeah i mean just those those times where you see what the human body can do i mean she was i I could see her legs like seizing up and it was but she pushed through yeah and she finished and it was incredible so worth it yeah so worth yeah. it yeah well this week's story is about the shortest verse in the bible jesus wept what does that mean uh, and how should we look at those words well here's one way to look at them this comes from shelly arnett and it's called 
two little words. I celebrated a milestone this year. I just started the program, so it's not finishing a 5K just yet. It was my 50th birthday, and I realized that the longer I live, the more precious and important some things become. John 11.35 says, Jesus wept. Just two little words. I think I only have a glimpse of how astounding and profound those two little words are. The all-powerful creator of the universe cared so much about our pain that he left heaven to weep with us and over us. As we run this race, we do not serve a God who only stands at the starting line. He didn't just simply create us and drop us off and say, good luck. He went back to heaven, but doesn't just stand at the finish line of our race hoping we make it. We have a God who is with us every step of the way. We may not understand our path. There will be valleys. Sometimes it's explained as the valley of the shadow of death. We may not understand the timing. He is seldom early, but he's never late. We may not understand him in the most basic of ways when he coaches us to be patient, to forgive, to love, or to sacrifice. It is often hard, but he understands us. He can see the path ahead and point us away from unnecessary pitfalls and dangers if we listen. He knows our weaknesses better than we do and offers us his mighty strength and easy yoke. He knows the endurance this race takes because he was faithful and faultless when he cried, it is finished. He knows all about how this race can come with pain, rejection, and betrayal. He's got the scars to prove it. So yes, I am in awe of those two little words. I have but a mere glimpse of the love captured by the thought that my Savior would weep and die for someone like me. Scripture says that he even collects our tears, and one day he will wipe all tears away. And maybe one day, when I finish this earthly race, I will hear two more precious words. Well done. It's a great story, Shelley. And it's a great reminder. Yes. We have to be reminded of that from time to time, I think. You know, I think that just being reminded that, that, that Jesus came to earth, he felt the same things that we feel. I just think it's an important thing. I had a recruit yesterday that I was talking to, and one of the things that we talked about was how, as a coach, I'm still competitive. Mm-hmm. And so when I ask somebody to do something, I know what I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's some coaches who ask you to do something, you're like, well, you, you couldn't do this, mm-hmm. you know, and I think there's, I think there's a lot of good in that, mm-hmm. that I understand that, that, and, uh, you know, with God, that's the way it is. He understands yeah. us because he understands how it feels. Yeah. I think that's one of the great things about this whole, um, the chosen series. We were talking in Sunday school a few weeks ago, how the thing that it highlights to me probably the most is it, it gives us a visual representation of how Jesus became human. He, he got tired. Mm. He cut up, you know, with his disciples. He was happy. He was sad. He, he, he wept. And that is so powerful because he, he became one of us, so he's not just some 
God in the cloud anymore. He became us. He knows everything we think. He knows everything we feel. And he, not only that he knows it, he relates to it because he's been, just like you said, Mm -hmm. you know, the best coaches are ones that either are or were competitive in the past. And, and it's because they know, Mm -hmm. you know, they know what, you know, Yasso 800s, they know how bad that hurts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. if they give you a workout, they know. And so that when Jesus gives us all these directives in scripture he knows what that means in our life he knows what it means lived out and how it feels and how it's going to hurt but he knows it's worth it and we can trust him absolutely you know there's a little over eight hundred thousand words in the bible depending on which which version that you Mm -hmm. that you read um and it's incredible how two little words can be so powerful and these two words of course we know them because it's the shortest verse and and so it's kind of an answer to a lot of, to a trivia question but there's so many other places in the bible almost the entire bible where this same thing applies mm-hmm. there there just a couple of words can have so much meaning and this thing was written all those years ago and it still today is as relevant as it was when it was written mm-hmm. can you name anything else that was created 2,000 years ago that is as relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago. I can't name anything. And speaks to you so differently every time you read it. Yes, yes. Matthew eleven twenty eight and through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, I, I looked up the word burden. I've never really, I, I, I kind of get hung up on words here lately for some yeah. reason. I want to know the true meaning behind it. Burden simply means heavy load. Um, you know, that, <laughs> so many times spiritually, we show up at the track to do our time mile with a weighted vest on. Mm-hmm. And coach says, hey, you want me to take that weighted vest from you? And we said, no, I'm good. That's what we do with God so many times. God mm-hmm. is saying, I, I, Holly and I have started watching a new TV show. It's a, it's a medical show, um, kind of like the ER of the old days. And the main character in it, he's one of his things is he'll walk into an operating room or walk in. He's kind of the director of the hospital. And he says, how can I help? And because he knows that the thing that these doctors are about to do is hard. It's hard enough as it is. And he just wants to be there to take the burdens off of them so that they can focus on performing that heart surgery or whatever it is. But so many times... And that's 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 God. God is always standing there saying, how can I help? Yep. But so many times we say, I, I've got this, God. And that sounds so ridiculous when we say it, but yet we all do it all the time. Yeah. I thought about this in terms of we're, we're running a marathon, and it's like the, the, the analogy for me in the marathon is God is, is there at 20 miles when you're hitting the wall going, hey, I got this. I can help you. I can make this easier. And we're going, ah, it's all right. I got it. You know, it. That that's what we're just, we're like, 
And I don't know if it's, is it, is it a thing where we're just afraid we're not, we don't want to bother God with it or, or is it just a pride thing of, I got to do this myself or it could be any of those things, I guess. I, you but, know, I don't, I think it's, I don't know what it is. You made me think of, um, and I'm not going to say her name cause she'd kill me, but years ago I ran, Holly and I were running with a person, um, and this person had just started running and she was running, starting to run longer distances. And I think we were doing a 10 mile run and Holly and I, we were going to run from where we live now to, to where my mom lived at the time. And, uh, so we went down the night before and put some waters down at city hall in Dalton, kind of behind the sign. This is back in the day when you'd go stash waters and, yeah. and, uh, so we were running and Holly and I stopped at city hall and reached behind the sign to get water and the lady we were running with said what are y'all doing we said we're getting some water she said that's like cheating you can't do that you can't stop running (laughs) this this is the same person who would crash and burn on runs because completely depleted dehydrated yeah you know but but we have that mentality sometimes as if we're going to be better christians or we're going to be better people because we're going to refuse the help that is right in front of us. And, yeah. and I don't know why we do that. It's Like I said, it sounds so ridiculous for us to talk about it, but we all do it almost every day. Well, I, I think I've talked about it before. I did that quite literally in my first marathon. I had no yeah. idea what I was doing in my first marathon. I had never trained. I never thought about it. I didn't. And I thought, I'm just going to run a marathon. So I did. Well, in the past, the longest race I'd ever run, I think I, I ran a 25K one time, so 15 and a half miles. I had never taken a drink of water mm-hmm. in any race ever. And so here I was in the marathon, and I was like, well, I've never done it before. Why would I do it now? So I, I ran that marathon without taking a drop of water for the entire race. And oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Did you talk about the wheels coming off? That was brutal. Right. Um, and that's what we do when we don't have when we don't have God. If you're not a Christian, you're running the race with no water, no Gatorade, no gels, no anything. You're running that race on your own, mm-hmm. and it is not going to end well. Mm-hmm. And we have this ability to finish with our arms in the air and a big smile on our face if we'll just accept the help that God's offering to us. Oh, it just it's the difference between running across the finish line and everybody cheering and yelling your hands up in the air and you running across the finish line and the race director saying it don't count oh yeah that's wow yeah i mean that picture you just gave was that should terrify us yeah that should terrify us on behalf of those around us yeah wow Mm. psalm 23 1 through 4 the lord is my shepherd i lack nothing He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. There's a reason why this psalm is the go-to scripture for Mm -hmm. for comfort. We hear this in funerals all the time, probably um, more funerals than not use this scripture at some point during that funeral and it's because this is a good scripture for when we're hurting the most Mm -hmm. and nothing hurts more than than a 
being at a funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much in these first few words, in all of these words, we could talk about this for hours. But the first five words uh, of that, uh, of that, um, the the Lord is my shepherd; I lack nothing. The bottom line is, is again back to what we were just talking about. If we've got Him, everything else falls into place. Now, is things things going to be easy? No, we're still going to have those tough times. We're still going to want to quote this psalm, mm-hmm. um, but it's going to make everything completely different. Well, and, and we got to remember, I mean, because so many times I did this last night with our high school guys. You, you kind of got to understand the context by which they were talking back then. A shepherd, what what was the shepherd back then? The shepherd, mm-hmm. a shepherd is a picture of peace. Mm-hmm. Sheep by nature are skittish. They're erratic. They, they're they're paranoid all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, a shepherd is their great. Um, they're calmer. The, the calmer. Yeah. yeah it yeah. when when they get to know that shepherd, they trust that shepherd, and sheep will calm down, and they will lie down in those green pastures. But without that person guiding them, they're erratic. They'll go and they'll make stupid mistakes and get killed by a wolf or whatever. And but that's why he. That's why they use the analogy of shepherd so much. We don't we don't see that parallel today as much because we don't understand. But but that is God. We we are erratic. We're we don't know which way to go so many times. But God, Jesus, is that true north for us that we can rely on, and He's the Prince of Peace. He is that great shepherd. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that struck me in particular this time reading this scripture is the I will fear no evil. Um, you know, we, we talk about how much evil there is in the world today. And I think sometimes we look at that and we go, it, this is exceptional. It's worse than it's ever been. Read the book of Judges. Mm-hmm. It's been worse mm-hmm. than it is today. And so we just we want to hyper, hyper, hyperbole. Yeah, we we just want to we want to make everything to be be an extreme. But all we're doing is repeating a cycle. We sure. saw this cycle in the Bible over and over again. Israel falls back, and the thing about those cycles is the cycle is not like a it's not like a running training plan where the cycles go in you know three or four week increments. It's many years, and that's hard for us to deal with something where we're, we're we may be in a down cycle that may be it may last 80 years mm-hmm. right and so we're like well, what are we supposed to do in, in that case but the answer is of course in all of these cases is um they repented and turned back to god that's when things got better um, and that's what we have to do as a society we need to be turning back toward god and there's always been those people, I imagine, in those days. There were those people who were always trying to do the right thing, but society in general was headed in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And those people tried as much as they could to try to head everything back. And we're, we're those people today. Sure. We're those Israelites who were probably trying to do what God wanted them to do, but then the majority of people were not. And um, that's frustrating. But... It's sort of like a tug of war. Mm-hmm. This is the way I look at it because it makes you want to say, well, I might as well give up, right? But I look at it like this. It's sort of like a tug of war where we are, we're, we're on one end of that rope and we can't let go because if we let go, well, then, then it's all over. Mm-hmm. 
Everybody falls down. That's right. We have to keep anchored in the ground and we have to keep fighting because at some point in time, we're going to start pulling that rope back the other way. But we can't do that. We can't get to that point where we start pulling back the other way unless we hang on. Mm-hmm. And so we can't give up. Sure. And I, I think that's the way I look. I never thought about it for, as a tug of war, but <laughs> that hit me this time. First Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Of course, I love this verse, but you can't read it without reading the verse before it, mm-hmm. which says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you in proper time. It's a lot like that tug of war. Um, we have to keep on it. We have to humble ourselves. And that is counter to what the culture is telling us today. I just listened to somebody this morning was talking about somebody on. It was a TikTok video and this person had said they had gotten divorced and it was so good that they had gotten divorced because what they realized was um, that they just weren't they were always focused on everybody else and not focused on themselves. Mm. And it's like. No, 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 no. First of all, if you ever got to the point where you realized you were focused on everybody else and not yourself, that means by definition, <laughs> you were focused on yourself. Yeah. So, but that's the, but my point is not to, to beat anybody up. But my point is, is society today tells us that we should be focusing on ourselves and our comfort. And that's just not true. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you gave the example that, Read the book of Judges. We've been here before. We've been much worse here before. But I think in, in recent history, it's about as bad as as you can get, I think, right now. Um, but we know there's hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know we know that God's on the throne. We know who wins this game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it does seem like the, the age of social media and the TikTok videos, and, and I, I warn my boys constantly constantly even the best preachers out there don't take them at face value don't take if you're out there listening don't take dean and i Mm -hmm. at face value do the research yourself and by research god's word you have to read it yourself you have to talk to god yourself you can't live the christian life vicariously through anybody yep it's your relationship and, but we have a lot, a lot of people. I mean, we have a lot of great pastors across the country that I love to listen to. But I always check what they're saying with what I know scripture says. Yeah. And we, that, because that is the, talk about the shepherd. That is the only true north that we have is God in his word. Yep. Everything else can be tainted. Even if it's unintentional, it can be tainted, and we have to understand that. But so many times we will hook on to these, especially our young people. They'll hook on to these influencers, and you'll hear them say, well, such and such said, well, how does that square up with the number one best-selling book of all time? They talk about, you know, they've got a million followers, and they've written three books. This book has been around for thousands of years. It's sold more books than any copy, and, and they've got billions on their social media feed. God has got billions. If he had social media, it would be billions and billions and billions of people. Trust it. Trust it as much as you trust that. Trust it 10 times more than you trust that person who's got 1 million followers. Because that is 
nothing. That's it's right. nothing. But and and I have to, I catch myself too. I have to have a gut check every now and then because I read something. I'm like, oh man, that that makes a lot of sense. But it's because it's what I want to hear. Yeah. But I have to check myself every yeah. now and then and say is because God's word may say something that I don't want to hear. And naturally we we gravitate to the things we want to hear. But that's not what we need many times. And that all goes back to humbling ourselves. Exactly. To the point where we realize we don't, the answers are not within us. The answers are within God. And when we can humble ourselves and realize that, then we can cast our anxieties on God. And he will take care of us then. So that's the, that's the thing. Um, question one. Wearing weights in a race slows you down. Are there burdens or controls that God is asking you to release to him? Yes. Of course. <laughs> I, I told you before we started this podcast, I got hung up. You know, I do this every now and then. I, I'm, I'm going through the podcast and I'm doing my own state and I get hung up. I got hung up right here. Um, and it's because I got to thinking so many of our weights and burdens are self-imposed. Mm. We listen to society and not God. I just talked about this. I think in our society today, physical, spiritual, and financial health are as bad as it's it's been in recent history. You know, yes, we can look back to judges and biblical times, but in recent history, and so I just started looking at some statistics and looking up some statistics with, um, and these came from places that I feel like are are solid. Obesity. Mm-hmm. in the past 20 years has gone from 30% of Americans to 42% of Americans wow. are clinically obese. Morbid obesity has gone from 4.7% to 9.2%. Almost 10% of our population is morbidly obese. And one of the other things about those numbers is that those numbers, the increase in those numbers is even more for kids. Exactly. I don't know if you're yeah, it it's yeah. it, That's a sign that it's going to be getting worse that's right. as the next generation comes up. Only 24% of Americans get the minimum amount of daily or weekly mm-hmm. exercise that the CDC recommends or the whatever the agencies out there recommend, the, the yeah. professionals recommend only 24% of Americans church attendance. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying church attendance doesn't indicate salvation, but it's a good start. Right. <laughs> we we can't we don't really have a statistic for salvation because nobody knows that. Hmm. But we know what church attendance is. Church attendance has gone from 76% of Americans to 47% of Americans oh. in 70 years. Just a few years ago, we, we dropped below 50%. Credit card debt, $1.1 trillion nowadays. And 64%, so 6 out of 10 Americans, wealthy, not wealthy, all social, all social statuses, 64% of the people out there now are living paycheck to paycheck. Mm. They have nothing. They're, they're one event away from calamity. What does the Bible say about this? You know, I, I, we're not we're not a financial 
podcast. You need to go listen to Dave Ramsey if you want to be there. But what does the Bible say about these three things? The spiritual, the physical, and the financial. The body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. There's there's other verses, but 1 Corinthians 6 points it out pretty well. This is not ours. It's, we've talked on here before. If I go, if I borrow your truck, I'm going to bring it back better than I borrowed it. I'm going to have it full of gas and washed. And but society is not treating our bodies this way. The borrower, the borrower is slave to the lender. Proverbs 22. We're, we are chronic in this country about take on more money, take on borrow more money, borrow more money, and it's why student loan debt credit card debt are at all-time astronomical highs and by definition of god's word we're enslaving ourselves peace i leave with you he's talking to believers here Mm. that's spiritual health john 14 but as a nation as a society i feel like we're physically financially and spiritually bankrupt Mm -hmm. and this has nothing to do with politics this has everything to do with personal responsibility and i, I know I, I can speak to these things because i've struggled with all these in my past yeah i was at the brink of financial calamity at one time i was a a smoker at one time i did not take care of my body i wasn't in god's word now am i perfect at those things now no i'm not we we will never be perfect at these things but I do wake up every morning trying to figure out how I can be better at these things. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. We're, we live in a society where everybody wants to complicate everything because everybody wants to feel like they got a different angle on this thing we're trying to do. For the spiritual, read your Bible and talk to God every day. It really you don't have Simple. to have all these great Bible studies and great books and and I mean those are great to have. But if the complexity of your your spiritual life is what's holding you back, then get rid of all that. Get rid of the run for God stuff. Get your Bible and read it. Get plugged into a local church. Not TV. Mm. Post COVID, this is something that churches all over America are struggling with. Yeah, and it's because we went to to live streams, and now people aren't coming back into church. This isn't for the church's sake. The church is going to survive. Churches, buildings yeah. may fail here and there, but the church is going to survive. This is for your sake. This is where your community. We just talked about run for God and how the greatest part of this ministry now is the community. Your church is even more important. This is where you feed and you get fed from those around you. Exercise three to four times a week. You don't have to have this incredibly complex training plan. We talked about it on the podcast that I listened to yesterday. I guess it was two podcasts ago where I was talking to Evan, and I said the most important thing about exercise is consistency. Mm -hmm. It's not fancy training plans. It's not the best shoes or the greatest clothes or the coolest watch. It's consistency. Yeah. Get out of debt and stay out of debt. It's God and Grandma's way of handling money. Yeah, it's 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 simple. That is so. You talked about counterculture. All these things are so counterculture. Yes, they are. But those are 
the burdens that we have put on ourselves over the last hundred. I mean, it's it's it goes back. This cycle has gone back. It, you know, yeah. today's debt is credit card debt. Debt in Bible times was you owed Caesar. I don't know. Yeah. We, we've dealt with all these things so many times, but it just seems like it's so in our face nowadays. But nobody sees it. Yeah, nobody sees it. But keep it simple. Yeah, I think that's the thing that people people are resistant to change. First of all, mm-hmm. um, and so when you when you bring up things like that, I mean, I, one of the things that struck me as you were talking is the average size of a home today mm-hmm. versus in the nineteen sixties or seventies. Mm-hmm. I mean, our our homes literally square footage wise are more than twice as large as they were back then. But in our mind, we have to have that. Mm-hmm. Right. We have to have it. We have to have that new car Mm -hmm. and we don't going into debt for a a new car is just something that you just do. It's that's the way I'm always going to have a car. I don't know how many. And I used to say this, Dean, I used to say this. I will always have a car payment. Yeah, it's just the way it is. Baloney. That's what that's what the car manufacturers and I'm not throwing off on the car manufacturers. We have to understand that we we get ourselves in these situations. That's right. It's by the and only we, we, with the help of Christ, can get ourselves out. And the way that Christ helps helps us get out of these situations is what does His Word say? His Word addresses all three of these issues that I think are the three biggest issues in America today. His Word talks about them. Mm-hmm. Do what His Word says. Yep. Open up the best-selling book of all time, the best-selling book on money, on fitness, on personal growth that people i mean you go to the personal growth section at barnes and noble and it's like it's half the store nowadays yeah this is all you need right here that's it so i'll get off my soapbox now but i i I just got hung up there this morning because i we talk about um burdens burdens. Mm -hmm. and i've been here Mm mm-hmm on all of them. I still struggle with some of them. But I know where my true north is. I know where that shepherd is. And I know that that's where peace is. And my goal every day is to get there. Now, do I get sidetracked with the latest TikTok video? Or, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But it doesn't square up with God's word. So I need to I need to get rid of it. Yep. And um, as sure. a society, there's just so many things that we need to get rid of. And that's for sure. Another question, running this earthly race with God, have you ever tried to race ahead of God's pace, time, and plan? <laughs> Who hasn't? <laughs> uh, it never the, turns out good. You know, it, this is the, the way I looked at this. I've had eight tickets in my life, driving tickets. All but one were speeding tickets. And I remember, you know, I haven't had one in a while. Um, and that's because I have adjusted, right? And so I've slowed down. But I remember thinking, it, genuinely, in my mind, the reason why I get speeding tickets is because I'm a runner and I'm competitive and I always want to be ahead of people. Yeah. And so I always have to be going faster than those around me. And it's just built into me. And it's just, it's almost like I can't help it, you know? Um, and that's the way we are with God, right? Um, when, when we do something, we blame it's the way I am, mm-hmm. right? With, with with what we're doing, and 
you and I, we, we like to kind of keep things moving. We, we like to be pushing to the next thing, check mm-hmm. something off, move on to the next thing. Um, but sometimes we need to wait. Sometimes mm-hmm. God is telling us to wait. Uh, and that's not in our nature. Mm-hmm. But we we have to find the time to do the things the right way. And we can't bl- – you mentioned it. It's this segues so well from what you just talked. We're talking about it's choices that mm-hmm. we make, and it's choices. It's our choice. It's our choice whether or not we get into that book or not. That's mm-hmm. that's a choice we make. But uh, Dean, my day's so busy, I just can't find time. Whose fault is that? Well, like Martin Luther, like Martin Luther said, you know that means I got to get up three hours earlier. Yeah, because I I I have to get it done. Right. I, I have to do that. Um, and when we start to thirst for the word in such a way that we're willing to get up earlier to make sure that we can get it in, um, you better believe that uh, we're going to feel a spiritual connection and things are going to be, in general, way better for us. Now, again, we're going to we're going to we're going to meet resistance. We're going to have hard times, and you know, we're not going to have an easy life. But um, it it it'll be better when we know where we can rest. Uh, put put our trust in and what we can lean on um, and that's just god doesn't want us too comfortable you know he he wants us to try things outside of our comfort zone and if if what we're doing is we're we're using excuses like i i don't have time because i'm too busy what we're doing is we're staying inside our comfort zone and when we stay inside our comfort zone, we're never going to get where God wants us to be. Um, and that is that we rely on him. I heard a, uh, I was listening to a podcast uh, just yesterday. I was on the treadmill, I ran on the treadmill upstairs and I was watching a podcast. And the guy that was talking was talking about how if you do something one hour a day, that's 10% of your life. Now, he's doing the math by you take out how much time you're sleeping, sleeping. Your your self, uh, what are you brushing your teeth, bathroom, mm-hmm. you know all those things. You take all that stuff out, and and the things you do for one hour a day is ten percent of your life. And he talks about how we put so much emphasis on those milestone things, like a vacation, or in, in the context of what we're talking about, going to church on Sunday. But what are the non-negotiable things that you're doing for one hour every day? Those are the things that are going to excel. And it just so happens that it lines up with 10%. You know, the, the whole tithing tie in there is what I just thought about. But what what if you what if you got in the Word and talked to God and read things about God? I'm not, say, I'm not saying you got to be looking at God's Word for one hour every day. You need to be looking at God's Word every day. But it's okay if you we're, – we're reading the book Radical as a family at night right now. If you're, if you're reading and learning – the principles for for one hour a day. That's not too much to ask. That's 10% of your life. Imagine anything you do for 10% of your life, you're going to be pretty darn good at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What if you did that? Mm-hmm. How, but but we don't make that non-negotiable. And we need, we need to get to the point where that's just not negotiable. That's right. Uh, I, I'll be honest. I, I got up this morning. Uh, I'm doing a study on James. I didn't get into it because I was working on this podcast, but that should be this podcast should come second. Yeah, it should have came second this morning, but mm-hmm. I didn't get up early enough to make that happen. And 
like you said, we if if you're saying you don't have time, then get up earlier or get rid of something. Yeah. Make make the things of God non negotiable in your life for one hour a day. Yeah. One hour a day. That's ten percent of your life. I've been listening to, uh, of course, we're doing the Bible in a year thing, which is that's ten to mm-hmm. fifteen minutes a day. It's not mm-hmm. very much time. I'm listening to another Bible in a Year podcast, which is more like 20 minutes a day. There's a little bit of commentary on it as well. And um, (coughs) it's been great. Mm -hmm. I haven't missed a day. And we're 33 days in now. And um, it's been a great way to start my day. Mm -hmm. And uh, what what you'll find is I, I now... When I get up in the morning, I'm looking for that podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't. I want to. I want to hear the next part of the story. Sure. You know, and 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 that's the way it'll get to when you make it non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll get to that point. You, you'll you'll eventually hit that tipping point that we've talked about. Yes. Where yeah. it's just it becomes doing the things of God for ten percent of your life will come back to you exponentially. Yeah. It'll come back to you as a 100% return. I mean, if you put it in the realm of, of financial, just like, you know, you most of your growth in your 401k at retirement is is not from the time you put in. It's what you're getting back. Yep. That's the same way it is with, with the things of God. That's right. If we give them 10%, it's, I mean, it's God, like, boom, it's so scriptural yeah. that it's it's going to come back exponentially more but we've got we've we've got to make it non-negotiable that's right last question do you think there is a care too small or too big that you can't bring to bring it to god i gotta say this this is and and you i hadn't talked to you about this but during the marathon i i have been struggling with some problems physical issues over the past month or so I ran a race the week before the marathon that didn't go so well, and it was due in part to this physical limitation that I've had recently. And so I spent some some time beforehand praying to God to – God, I just – I don't want that to be the limitation. Right. I just don't want that to be the problem. And uh, I know you have the ability to, to get rid of that. It was not an issue hmm. at all. It, at all not not the not it not at all and um and you said something to the group um the night before and then the morning of the race and you told them here's what we want you to do pray spend time in prayer during your run really focus on that and so i probably i prayed more in this race than i've prayed ever you weren't talking with me necess- talking to me necessarily mm-hmm. <laughs> but um but it really made the race so much more peaceful. I don't know how to describe it, but it was it was a it was it was a really good feeling. And I and I think about the question here is: Is there anything too small? Why does God care about how my hip feels? You know what I mean? It, it's like it's it's not a big deal. He's got way bigger things to worry about. I think God loves to worry about those little things. I think in his heart, he likes that better than anything. It's great that he does big, huge things and accomplishes great goals. But I think that when he helps a a single person with a tiny issue because they brought it to him, I think that gives him more joy than anything. But Dean, I mean, 
let's let's think back for a minute i mean i always i always put our relationship with god in the context of a father-son relationship we've talked about that several times on here i think back to when lane was having his it issues you and i have careers we've got jobs we've got spouses i've got other kids beside lane but there was that one thing that lane was struggling with and what did we do we did everything we would talk for hours about it yeah how can we fix and i i haven't i just know that god is in heaven doing the same thing he's got all these other things but the thing we need to understand is he can handle it yeah you know you and i were taken away from other things to focus on that god's not taken away from anything to focus on us yeah but he wants to do it he he wants to to strategize with us hey dean why don't you do this and and when you're really talking to him you're not going to audibly hear it but your spirit's going to be telling you that that's 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 we say in our spirit when we say in our spirit we're talking about the holy spirit mm-hmm. which is the third leg of who god is um and so yeah i mean i but i do the same thing yeah. <laughs> that's god don't want to hear that yeah How, why yes he does his word tells us he does Take it to him. And he's proven it over and over. Over and over, yeah. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. All right, we're back. And, you know, Gay kicked off the early starters at the marathon this weekend. We had that group. It's dark out, and they're, you know, the sun's just coming up, and they're starting an hour early, which was really nice for the race directors to yeah. allow us to have a group that started early. Let's let's stop for just a second and talk about Nikki and Mike and everybody at Junction 311. Yeah. That was an incredible – they did a great job. They did. with that. I wasn't at the Cannonball for the half marathon, but – hats off to them they did an incredible job and nikki uh she rivals angie with energy yeah Yeah. uh but i didn't mean to interrupt you there but just kudos to them yeah yeah the one story that uh that i heard i didn't realize had happened was we had we had one that was struggling real bad and wound up getting picked up um at like 14 miles and um they recorded her time at four, at 14 miles and then they took her to the finish line and they gave her a half marathon medal she was there to run wow. the marathon she didn't finish but they gave her the half because she finished a half marathon yeah so those little things like that yes that's cool yeah it was really really cool so that was nice of them but yeah gay gay t- kicked it off by talking to the walkers and saying you're my people <laughs> you know she has this real she has a deep love for those, those folks who are um a little bit slower yeah and uh she just she was she was excited 
for them. And then I, I got out in front of them because I knew they had to cross the road there, and I knew exactly where it started, and I wanted yeah. to get them, get them started right. There's traffic. The lights turn green. They just walked right out in front of traffic. <laughs> they were so excited to get started, and I'm like, because the course oh! wasn't officially open. That's right. Until the the runner started. Yeah. So there was nobody stopping traffic. So I was out in the road looking at cars going, you know, just trying to get them to stop. And, yeah. Uh, it was it was funny. It was funny, but they got started once once you're on the course there. There was no danger, but <laughs> and our you know our group was spread out pretty good again, seven to eight hours. Um, for the marathon, we had, like I said, I think the last one took eight hours and 10 minutes. Yeah. And so um, we had folks that were finishing at just over two hours. We had some half marathoners finishing at just over two hours all the way to eight hours and 10 minutes. So for six hours, we had people finishing races. Um, and, and, and it was fun knowing that like every fifth person that came through was a run for God person. Yeah. Uh, and it was that was that was it was the right size race it really for was what, for what we do yeah um, yeah um and i the my favorite part you know you and i kind of we we would alternate when you ran in with some i ran in with some and angie ran in with some and uh rebecca ran in with some we had several people went back i and, think rebecca probably did about 40 miles yeah yeah <laughs> yeah because she was constantly going way back yeah yeah she people. was yeah. she was yeah, I was only running with them for, you know, 100 meters yeah. or so. Yeah. But I would I would look at them and I would go, do you realize? And, you know, they've got pain on their face. They're smiling because, uh, you know, they're glad to see people and that kind of thing. But you can tell they're hurting. Yeah. And then I would say, do you realize here in just a minute you're going to be able to call yourself a marathoner? And the look on their face, the way their face would just light up was absolutely priceless yeah it was so awesome to uh, to see it and again so many first timers um I, I was surprised at how many people did two things they were first timers mm-hmm. and how many did it all on their own with no no support other than maybe maybe a, a spouse that 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 helped them or whatever but but for the most part nobody to run with nobody to talk with about just they did it on their own well and so many of them truly did because you know we were we're curious about how many people actually go from the couch yeah to the marathon you Mm -hmm. know some people probably had a running background no there was a lot of people who had never run before last january Mm -hmm. and they completed their marathon quite a few people that i talked to and that just goes to show our plan is very simple we talked about this a while ago it's the it's the simplicity of keeping it consistent and it got them to the marathon they kicked their bucket list right over and yeah it was just it was awesome one of the biggest things i hear i when people are trying to lose weight um, I remember the, when the show The Biggest Loser was on, mm-hmm. and I remember a lot of people going, well, I could lose weight if I had somebody helping me do that. Mm-hmm. No, that's the wrong way to look at it. The right way to look at it is those people lost weight. If they can do it, period, I can too. Yeah, I don't need somebody barking in my ear to right. do it. And this is just proof. This is absolute, indisputable proof that if you just have some perseverance – yeah. Um, that you then you can do it on your own um, and go from nothing to a marathon in a year. You can do it. That's right. So it was pretty cool to to watch all that. Uh, and we had a large group of walkers. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if you're out there and you're like, oh, I don't know, run for God, walk in. Uh, listen, we had a bunch of folks that were walkers and they, they had a good time. They accomplished a big goal. And um, you can, too, if you're out there and you're a walker and you maybe you're just starting or you haven't started and you thought, I don't think I want to do it as a walker. Walking's great. Well, I'll go ahead and say it on here because I've already made the commitment, but there has been uh, one lady who has consistently reminded me that we have walkers now and we have no T-shirt. And that is Val Bleakley over in Ireland. And Val is coming back for the Run Club weekend in April. And I've made a commitment to Val. We will have a shirt by then for walkers, and she will get the first shirt. All right. And uh, so for all you walkers out there, your year is coming, I promise you. Yes. And we will have it in April. Yes. One of the things that struck me, too, is I heard somebody talking about they had just got through with the marathon, and they looked, you know, our, our watches count our number of steps these days, and she said, I've got 55,000 steps. Yeah, you told me this. And I, I – I heard that and I looked down at my watch because, and at this point I had been moving around quite a bit, walking back and forth with people and that kind of thing. And I looked at, and I think mine had 38,000 mm-hmm. on it at this point. And I, it, I, it just struck me by how much harder that person had to work than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I just want you to know that if you're out there and you, and, and you're not as fast Mm-hmm. as as maybe i am um we appreciate that <laughs> wholeheartedly and understand you're not as hard of a worker as most people in this club is basically what you're saying that's what you I'm don't saying. work as hard that's what i'm saying that's exactly so, right so by that i work harder than you too because i'm slower than you so yeah that's good to know dean yeah yeah cool yeah, yeah, you yeah. made my day <laughs> All right, it's a time for Dean's thoughts, and that is a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. What is your default position on things? What happens when the pressure is on? Do you default to to a clear thought and better execution, or do you have wild thought and a foggy head when things get rough? This one's called default position. I played softball when I was in my 20s. We had a mediocre but competitive church team of great men who played their hearts out. Everyone knew when I played, it was always full blast 100% of the time. If I hit a ground ball to the shortstop, I was determined to beat the throw. If I hit one in the gap, a double wasn't enough. I wanted a triple or even a home run. I never let up. I did the same thing with every defensive play. I thought I could get to anything and often did. As you may imagine, I had several injuries due to my all-out playing style. But one day, we were scheduled to play a game, and we waited for an extra 15 minutes for the other team to have enough players to field a team. They had some injuries and some other conflicts, and then ultimately did not have enough players for an official game. It was a bummer because we wanted to play. So we decided to play an unofficial game. We loaned them a couple of players, and the game was on. It was a little bit of a letdown, but at least we could still play. My signature trip to the plate was me trying to go opposite field and hit the ball down the first baseline. Most teams played right-handed batters to pull the ball, and there was usually a lot of space to hit the ball over the first baseman's head and down the line. So on my first at-bat, I intended to implement this tricky move. It didn't work. 
The pitch was inside, making it harder to execute, and I popped the ball up to the second baseman. Normally, I would have run as hard as I could, even though it was a near certain out, and in the event the second baseman missed the ball, I might have been on second base. But since this was an unofficial game, I started walking towards first base and then broke into an easy jog because it was what we like to call a can of corn, an easy out. The second baseman dropped the ball, and then he threw me out at first base. The one time I had decided not to hustle, I paid a price. Needless to say, I was embarrassed. Sometimes in a race, I'll begin to feel sorry for myself, and I'll just mail it in. Recently, I had a goal of running a race at a certain pace. When it was clear by the second mile I could not maintain that pace, I began to feel sorry for myself. I ran hard, but I'm convinced I could have run harder if I had not been having a pity party. How much faster? Well, I don't know, but even 10 seconds would have made me feel better about it. The truth is that we all mail it in sometimes. It is really difficult to go all out all the time. We do the same thing in our faith. There are times when our faith is unshakable and there are, well, other times. We're going, uh, we're, we're going to have weak moments and weak days. But here's the question. What is your default position? When I didn't run that pop fly out, my teammates were not upset with me. Why? because they knew that was not the way I normally do things. They knew in that moment the same thing I knew. I would never do that again. So what is your default position in your faith? Is it out of character when you have those weak moments? Or is the weak moment your default? If you answer that question negatively, there's some great news. You can change your default. I've seen many people change their default in running. I've seen athletes who are on a path to never reach their potential because when things get hard, they shrink back. But at some point, they flip a switch and they change their default to one where adversity just makes them bear down that much harder. If you have a tendency to draw back when you meet extra resistance, you can change. I'm not telling you it'll be easy, but it can be done. It has been done many times. You can do the same thing in your faith. Do you have a woe is me attitude when things don't go your way? Your way, Or do you petition God even harder when faced with adversity? It is easy to yield to resistance when it comes, but never forget we have the almighty God on our side. He is always faithful to us. That doesn't mean we'll always have what we consider the best outcome, but it will be God's intention. Are you one of those who gives up quickly, or are you someone who tries that much harder when things are not going well? In running, we never know uh, that the next step or the next mile isn't going to change things. We can't overcome if we give up. Let your default position be one where you find yourself working harder for your goal rather than coasting along for the ride. And when things get tough spiritually, don't pull away from God, but lean into him and realize that he is your strength. And chances are you'll see a much better outcome. That's a great story, Dean. I didn't know you played church softball. Yeah, I love I played church softball. Did you? Yeah. yeah. You were, I'm sure you were the same they, way. The, the, church softball is pretty ruthless. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Those weren't always our uh, best times yeah. out on the field out there. Yeah, yeah. We. I'll tell you what, we had a good group. This is when I lived down in South Georgia, Ty-Ty First Baptist Church. Really? And um, we had such a great gri- uh, group of guys. I was actually one of the young guys on the mm. team then. And um, 
it was so much. Our guys, we, we would catch ourselves when we got over the line and we got too serious. Mm-hmm. Somebody would speak up and say, "Look, guys, let let's play hard." Yeah, but let's let's this is a, this is a game. Close let's, your mouth. Yes, <laughs> let's yeah. Play hard. yeah. And I never remember anybody getting out of line with, yeah. with another team or anything. Now I heard there were other teams that got out of line with us, mm-hmm. but we tried to respond anyway. It was always fun. Um, and it was, I was always as hard as I could go. You know, I dislocated both shoulders, um, one running into a fence for looking, trying to catch a fly ball. Another one sliding into home head first. I mean, I, I, it was all the time, Yeah, all the time. And, uh, and like I said, you're the same way. You don't, you don't become a bull rider by being somebody. Yeah, who I guess by, go out I think I'm way. getting better as I get older. I'm not as much of a risk taker, but. Yeah, I mean, when I was younger, I, I, risk was not. It was fun. It was fun. It was no big deal. But as I get older, I think every every year it changes a little bit more. I just I'm I'm not as risk. I'm not as much of a risk taker anymore, um, yeah. and I think that's a good thing for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, my I mentioned before my default position this year has been to do this Bible in a year thing, mm-hmm. and you know what I've noticed about it. You know the we talk about in in the Bible it tell it talks about renewing our mind, mm-hmm. and it really does do that. It kind of puts me in a spot where I'm starting at a good spot every day, right? And that's what spending time in the Word, whatever we do. But there's something about this the guy that does this podcast that is is really calming. Really, and um, I don't know. I, I, I'm really enjoying it, um, but you got to find a default position that's good. My, you know, my my old high school coach was just on the Channel Eleven News in Atlanta because he just started his fiftieth year of running every day. Wow! Um, at the end of this year, he will we, he will have run eighteen thousand two hundred and sixty two days in a row. What's the record? He's he's got to be getting. He is number. The last I checked, he was number six in the U.S. Uh, in the U.S. I think that's that, that's the world. But that's that's the ones that are in, on this list. Now I would assume that most everybody who's got a streak that long is probably on that list. Yeah, you but, you don't run that long without putting yourself yes on yes. that list. Um, but yeah, six. And then the the guy that's leading is. Um, just a few years ahead of him. I mean, it's it's not 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 by a long shot. So. It's basically a race against attrition at that point. It is. <laughs> it's, exactly it's sad right. to say, but yeah, it's it's because those guys they're not going to stop. I mean, they're 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 sure. going to die off, which is morbid to say, but yeah, because I mean, your old coach he's he's not going to stop. No. You know, he's going to hit that number and he's going to say, well, this is what I do. This is one of those non-negotiables that we talked that, about. Yeah. I've done this every day for 50 years and I'm going to keep doing it. And that's just his person. You got to have the personality he has yeah. to do what he does. Yep. Matter yep. of fact, you're not going to get in my way. I'm going to run every day and you might as well just get used to it. That's right. I thought about default positions as far as the world is today. And one of the default positions that just absolutely drives me wild is this victim mentality mm-hmm. default position that a lot of people have. Um, and I thought about it in this context because when you say that, some people bristle up as soon as you say victim mentality. Just mm-hmm. say those words, and they're like, they get defensive about things. And but think about this. The ultimate victim 
person, if you want to talk about somebody who's victimized, was Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. The guy lived a perfect life, did Mm -hmm. nothing wrong, and for his trouble, they killed him Mm -hmm. for for being perfect. And you talk about, we're all the time talking about how we don't deserve, we don't deserve, we don't deserve. Talk about not deserving. That's that's what the, the picture of not deserving, um, and yet that's what happened. So what did Jesus do when this completely unfair, ridiculous thing happened to him? Forgive he, those people. He looks down from the cross and says, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that picture, think about that from a victim standpoint. Mm-hmm. What do we do? You know, we just wanna, we wanna beat on people who are giving us a hard time and talk about how unfair it is. And Jesus is saying, I feel so bad for you because you don't understand what you're doing. Mm. Oh my gosh, is that not incredible? Wow. While you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean, Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run For God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, every week I share a reason why running is so awesome. This week I'm going to share a reason why walking is so awesome. And here's what it is. Walking gives you the same benefits as running. Mm -hmm. All of those things I've said for 150 podcasts about why running is so awesome, they all apply to to walking as well. And so all the health benefits, your better blood pressure and all the the numbers, that they're better. Cholesterol. Cholesterol, (laughs) that's right. Uh, The physical benefits, the weight loss, those Mm -hmm. things come with that active lifestyle walking is really just as good for you as running um if you're doing it right sure now it's i see some people you gotta out get your heart rate up yes i see some people out walking and it's great that they're out there it is way better than sitting on the couch for sure yep but they're just casually strolling really get out there and, and, and get after it all right i want to have a big shout out to allison struts you know allison <laughs> yeah she is a hoot Love her, her family, her daughters, and her son. They're, they come with her to all these races. She's been to every Run for God race. I think she's the only one that came to all the Run for God races last year. I didn't know that. I think so. Wow. That's and, cool. And, um, yeah, she traveled to the to Dalton in uh, April. She went and did the 10K the, at Angie's Place. And then she did the half marathon in Greensboro. And then she did the marathon. She did them all. And when she got across the finish line, what did she do? (laughs) Oh, she cut her. She has long hair. Yes. At the finish line. Yep. She cut her ponytail off. She did. And when asked, did you cut your ponytail off? She said, I wanted to remember this moment. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> so great. That is awesome. I mean, you kind of you tilt your head for one minute, and then you think that is that is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. What a what a great thing to do. And her, her hair is going to grow out. Everything's sure. going to be fine, and she's going to be great. But uh, yeah, I just love that story. Yeah, that's really cool. 
So, uh, so we were well represented at the front of this race, right? Yeah, we Jer- were. Jerry, Jeremy, uh, Reem, and finished about a minute ahead of ahead of me. Yeah, um, in second place overall, and I, I was able to finish third place overall. So we got two thirds of the podium. Yeah, not bad. So that was pretty cool. I don't know that we really expected that much, but that was that was cool. Um, by the way, Jeremy's son. I went for a shakeout run with Jeremy the next morning after the marathon. Yeah, and he was in way better shape than me, by the way. <laughs> uh, but his son Noah. We've talked. We talked many, many, many podcasts ago about yeah. his son Noah um, has a heart issue. Right. Um, his son Noah is doing pretty well. He's not out of the woods. He still has some things going on. But, but by, uh, by seeing him and talking to him, you never know anything's right. He's no. a cute little boy. Yes. Uh, both absolutely. his kids are, are incredible. Yep. And, um, and the truth is, is the prognosis would be not good for Noah if it were 20 years ago. Right. But today, medical um, progress has really helped. And so uh, so that was cool. Um, I thought I was going to catch Jeremy in those last couple of miles. I got to within maybe 40 meters of him at one point. Yeah. And um, – and then my wheels came off. <laughs> um, it wasn't from lack of trying. I, oh, so close. Yeah. I really, I really wanted, I wanted to catch him and I really wanted us to finish together. Well, we, at the finish line, we were, cause you know, everybody had the tracking apps yeah. and it, it looked like on the app that you had caught him. And we were, we were just all anticipating this epic you know sprint to the finish that you see on espn and and both the people are going to be wearing run for god singlets but it didn't happen, didn't happen. you let us down Dean. you did. let us down i did because i have no doubt that if y'all would have been shoulder to shoulder it was not going to be let's finish together y'all were y'all would have duked it out and it would have been great to see i don't know <laughs> don't give me that i tr- you know i tried to sprint at the end of a marathon one time <laughs> that did not go well it would have been fun to watch from yeah, our standpoint i'm sure it would have been yeah yeah uh it's, it was good though anyway i ran out of something uh, glycogen water th- nutrients something. Was you see in black spots there was some, yes I, I i thought i was gonna pass out yeah and then when i got through i felt very very similar not quite as bad but really close to how i felt the year that i spent a couple hours in the medical tents at uh, the Boston Marathon, like I was this close to to having to sit down, or I was going to pass out. Um, I got a bunch of water in me, and you know what I learned I years like, ago that knocks that out the quickest. Now it doesn't last long, but have you ever had the quench gum? I haven't, but I think I have heard that. Yeah. That I, I've I've been at those black spot yeah places before and i'll never forget i was doing a, it was a really long run one day it's when i was training for that treadmill run and i was coming down crow road i was on the last i think it might have been a 30 mile run and uh shannon coker came out to run with me and i was in bad shape i mean i was seeing the black spot and he had a piece of that gum in his pocket and i put it in my mouth and i mean just the tartness the sugar in it the everything Man, I just almost immediately I felt great. Now it lasted for about a mile, so it's not enough to sustain you. But a mile got me almost back to the house. Yeah. So well, uh, if I had a couple of pieces of that gum, I could have caught Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
but you know what kept me going was as I was finishing the, that last mile or two, I kept passing Run for God folks. It was that cloud of witnesses. Yes. The, <laughs> the, the half marathon finished in the same right. was you know it was the same finish. So um, I was passing folks. I remember passing. Uh, I remember passing Shannon right around twenty five miles. Yeah. And I remember patting him on the back as I went by. I couldn't say anything to him, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, it was, and that just kind of kept me going. There have been several times that I've run 252 for a marathon, and I ran 251. I was a little bit faster than those other times. Those few seconds, you know, I was only five seconds under 252. Those those few seconds were a big deal to me. Sure. And um, I think this was my fifth fastest marathon I've ever run. So it wasn't bad. Uh, and, of course, it was fun just hanging out with the folks, um, both at the expo the night before afterwards as we were waiting for others to finish it was fun talking with people and it was just uh it was just a lot of fun yeah um and uh yeah again big shout out to nikki and uh they did a great job they did a really really good job yep and then one last group of people that i want to i want to talk about is all the supporters the the spouses the kids the the people who aren't running but they're supporting the runner or the walker um, you guys have no idea how important you are it is so critical um or i say critical it's not absolutely necessary but it is so much better with you and uh just those small gestures of going and picking something up and um you know the the meeting. I heard people talk about how their spouse would meet them out on their twenty miler and and bring them some water and all of these things. You guys are awesome, mm-hmm. and um, you, you what you did is it's just it's great stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. Yep. Yeah, you should be proud of yourself for that. Another thing that I really enjoyed was getting to know some of the people that we had never heard of. We had never they weren't on our radar. And we, we call them our stalkers. Yeah. You know, I, I'm thinking about Christy from Texas. Yeah. I had, I, I didn't know who Christy was. Yeah. She, she, she's really not on, she was one of the people that did it pretty much on her own. Yep. yep. She, she listened to the, the podcast. She did, but she wasn't on social media. She, she doesn't do the social media. She actually got on the run club social like a week before yeah. and, and was like, wow, I could have used this all this past year. <laughs> had no idea. But it was really great to to meet so many new faces that we had never, you know, we meet so many new people, but we kind of know them from the yeah. social circles. But there were several people, Christy being one of them, that we had no idea who they were. And it was just, it was great to see those people. And uh, I hope they'll get plugged in on the social, if not social media, but on the run club social, yeah. because their presence, just like, just like she got encouragement from getting on social media, those that last week or so before the race, her presence is going to encourage somebody else. Absolutely. So I encourage you, if you're not on run club social or, or the Facebook group, get on there and I, I get it. The social media, it's can be a distraction, but, um, Make it, make a shortcut just to that page and get on there. Yeah, it's great encouragement. You know, I, what, one of my favorite parts about this weekend was there were some uh, some major professional, notable things that happened in run, the running world this weekend. 
I had no idea. Uh, I don't know right now. Uh, well, I, and I, I get it, but there were some American records, really, and some some very impressive things that happened this weekend. And even when I found out, I was like, "That's too bad I missed that." Because what I saw, you had bigger things going on. What I saw was yeah. way better, yeah. way better. And of course, next year we're at the Mississippi River Marathon. So, again, if you're out there and you're listening to this, and I know there's somebody who's listening, and you're thinking, "I don't think I can do it." Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. We saw it this past weekend. Many, many people who thought they couldn't, and they Mm -hmm. did. And there's still time. I mean, we're a few weeks into the Couch to Marathon Challenge. We're at the point now where you, even if you've never run, you can still safely get into this and start the Couch to Marathon, even today. Um, But make, make that hard and fast goal. Make sign up for these races make plans to come to dalton in april sign up for that mississippi river marathon when the registration opens do put those things in place that will help ensure your success yep. um because and, and put it out there tell your friends and your family get that tribe around you like you just talked about the supporters mm-hmm. it really does make a difference if you don't have that for whatever reason get plugged into this community because man it makes all the difference in the world absolutely all right we have a trivia question for this week and this one's very simple and straightforward so here here's the question what is the best type of diet for a runner or walker that could be a trick question could it yeah all right the what is the best type of diet for a runner i think or walker? i know what the answer but yeah, yeah, it can yeah. be tricky <laughs> If you know the answer to that, send it to dean at runforgod.com and um, be the first one to it answer. It could be the topic of a lot of debate next week. It could be. This might be fun. <laughs> yes. Send that to dean at runforgod.com and, and win uh, $20 off from the Run Club store. I'll leave you with this motivational thought of the week. This comes from Edith Wharton, the writer never heard this before but it's not really i don't know that it's a biblical thing but it sounds like it could be beware of monotony it's the mother of all the deadly sins think about that you know we talked we were talking about a little while ago how god wants us to be outside of our comfort zone Mm -hmm. what is monotony monotony is staying in your comfort zone right and uh, i think there's so much truth in that getting outside our comfort zone keeps us focused on on things that a lot of times they're productive and good for us. So let me give you a little bit of trivia right here before we leave. All right. You used the term while ago, mail it in. Yeah. Do you know where that comes from? Do I know where mail it in comes from? Yeah. I don't. So it used to be phone it in. People right. used to say phone it in instead yeah. of mail. It's gotten changed to mail it in. But phone it in come from the acting community and were actors they got a part that was so small and insequential they would get mad and they would say well i can just phone that in i can just call and do my part uh, did you know that i did not know that i actually googled it when you said it well that's, that's the only good. reason i know it that's pretty good i like <laughs> it i like it all right well until next week may god bless every step of every run go out there and shine your light great job dean
For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.